Welcome back to Redline, a millennial tale of passionate love in the combative workplace set in Boston. Hop on board for the next episode of Pia's Tale here on Redline. The next Redline train to Jailwater is now arriving. Spring break was upon us and our trip to Baltimore to visit my family. Fragile buds debuted on all of the trees whose trunks were still ankle-deep in crusty snow, the last remnant of our horrific winter. Then, one day, without any of us noticing the actual moment it happened, the snow was completely gone. The air smelled of wet earth, and at Bigelow Park, baby goslings hatched with the softest tawny feathers. Rod and I got out our bikes and rode around, the activity renewing our fondness. I thought how spring brought good vibes no matter what, since the daily news on Facebook was filled with world horrors. The only good news was our reopening of relations with Cuba. I finished Tian's portrait and stored it in Ho's office, so Lori wouldn't see it. She couldn't handle those rickety steps to the basement. I planned to deliver it after vacation, when I was sure the paint was dry. I couldn't wait to see Tian's response to the work. Rod and I flew to Baltimore, and I told him more about my parents than he had ever known or asked about before. My dad's family made furniture. The ones who came to Baltimore still do, except for dad. Cool. Who were they? Claudio and Francesco, my dad's brothers, and our cousins in Palermo still run the original workshop. I want to see it. How about we do our honeymoon in Sicily? That would be great. My parents welcomed Rod, and he acted his suave, easygoing self with them, the style that had first attracted me but had long since disappeared. I like your house. I love all the trees and greenery, don't you, honey? Boston's all brick and skyscrapers. And culture, stimulation. Pia loves Boston, my dad said. Ever since art school, she's been determined to live there. How about a tour of the house? Rod? My mom said. Sure, I'd love that. As they headed off, I heard Rod say, Do you speak Italian, Simonetta? Oh, just the standard phrases that everyone knows. My family's been here a century. We're in the food business. My brother owns a famous restaurant that we'll go to tomorrow, and don't be surprised if the greater clan checks you out. We still have those old world traditions. <laughs> she looked so pretty when she smiled, and I was sure Rod noticed it. Mom was little, blonde, and in good shape for her early 60s. I didn't look like her. I was more or less the female version of my dad, tall from that long-lost Englishman's gene and dark-haired, though dad was now silvery. We had the same Mediterranean look with curving dark eyes and full lips. After the house tour, Rod and I borrowed my mother's car and drove to the popular Inner Harbor, where we had lunch and looked around at all the shops. Let's go to the aquarium. Isn't it near here? I want to see it, Rod said. Oh, I've seen it a few times, and you know how I can't stand seeing animals in captivity. Can't you just do this for me? I want to see it. It's not as if your boycott's going to close the place down. I'm visiting Baltimore for the first time. You can go. I'll meet up with you after. Screw that. I'm not going if you're not going. I wouldn't enjoy myself knowing you were outside twiddling your thumbs waiting for me. I never twiddle my thumbs. I have an idea. Why don't you go tomorrow when my mother and I come back to shop for my dress? Fine, but I think you're unreasonable about zoos and aquariums. They're nice places to visit. That first night, my brother and his wife Holly came from Washington to join us for dinner and meet Rod. My mother served a Sicilian meal that I could tell had taken her days to prepare. The courses kept coming, starting with my favorite, arancini, 
Muscle soup followed, and then her famous pasta alla norma, an eggplant dish that tasted heavenly. How about some more? Rod? My mother offered. Yes, please. I shouldn't, but I can't say no. <laughs> There's more coming, I warned him. Oh, this is just the first course. Then I'd better hold off. <laughs> Thank you, Simonetta. It was beyond delicious. Next, Mom brought out a platter of sizzling, juicy swordfish with other plates of vegetables. We gorged, finishing up with a salad. Throughout the meal, my dad poured wines, telling Rod, Simonetta's the sommelier in the family. I couldn't help it. We've been in the booze business since we got here. During Prohibition, we ran a profitable underground business. Our cakes came to the docks inside other cargo. Well, my compliments. I've never tasted wines like the ones tonight, Rod said, raising his glass to my mother. Glad you like them. And now, last but not least, we have Dario's cannolis. You'll meet him tomorrow for another show-offy Sicilian meal. Man, I can dig it. And I want to say I'm really honored to be joining an Italian family. Sicilian, my dad said. As we sipped espressos, Dan and Holly asked Rod about his lawsuit, having heard periodic updates from me all winter long. We're settling. And I'm damn glad to have that done with. It's costing me two fifty, but that's nothing to what he was asking for. Best to have it settled, and avoid those assholes in the future, Dan said. Yep, believe it or not, I read him from the beginning, but took the job anyway, because the property was so beautiful. Now I've got to rein in, since Pia's got her heart set on living near the red line. Well, it's convenient, Dan said. That's what I hear, but I live in my car. I wouldn't be using the subway. If you want to know the truth, I'm a bit nervous about running my business out of a downtown rabbit warren like Beacon Hill. All my jobs are around Boston, but not in Boston. And I also need a lot of space for storage and easy access to it. Boston's not going to be convenient for me. I think once we're there, we find ways to make it work smoothly, I said. Maybe, but the more I see of it, the more I wonder if city life's going to make me happy. You know, the way my four-car garage does. <laughs> I'd be fine with a two-car garage and a full basement, but Boston's not going to give us that. You know the old adage, where there's a will, there's a way, Dan said. He was a city person just like me and lived in downtown D.C. next to his red line. My mother thought this was a good juncture to discuss our plans for the next day. We can leave here at 10, drop Rod at the aquarium, and then go see that dress I found. Oh, it was made for your figure, Tesoro. Am I allowed to see it too? Rod said. Not yet. Then we'll go for lunch at Dario's. He's already texted a zillion times today about the menu, and he wants to host your wedding reception in the Lampedusa room. Wow, I'd love that, I said. What's the Lampa... the, the Lampa... Rod asked. <laughs> the Lampedusa room. Lampedusa is an island off Sicily, but also the name of the man who wrote The Leopard. You'll have to read it, Dan said. Gladly. I want to learn as much as I can about your heritage. I perked up hearing that, but then remembered similar statements from Rod that Patton panned out. The next morning, I enjoyed a relaxing conversation with my mother at the kitchen table while Rod and my dad went for a jog. Tell me about him, Mom said. Well, he loves me. The most important thing. And you? I think I feel the same. He's not perfect. Who is? I think his past has affected him. He had a violent mother, and I think it's made him super sensitive to how I say things, but 
He's been a good listener about my horrible boss, and I really appreciate that side of him. Support's important in a relationship, and honey, I'm really sorry about your boss. She sounds horrible. Are there any other opportunities yet? No, and I need to network more as soon as I get back. Well, I think your rod is molto bello, and handled conversation around the table remarkably well. <laughs> See, Mama, he knows how to impress people. And he's secure. That's lucky. Very lucky. And I don't want it to influence me. You're not that type. Mom, there's one thing. What, honey? Rod can be pretty crude sometimes. Oh, that's not good. On the other hand, I've known plenty of people like that, even in my own family. Think of Uncle Ricardo. I'll bet if Rod's around you long term, it'll wear off. I don't think those men realize how they sound. I hope you're right. At that moment, the men returned from their jog, and my dad made a beeline for the hall closet, Rod at his heels. My mother and I joined them. What's up? My dad pulled out his toolbox with a happy face. Rod said he can fix that leaky sink for you. What? Really? said my mom. Ha, Pia, now you can stop scolding me we're wasting water while California runs out of it. Oh, so she gets on your case too, Rod said. I love fixers, my mom said. Me too, I said and gave Rod a squeeze around the waist. Pia, that reminds me, remember to call Gigi. I left her numbers by the kitchen phone. She was so excited to hear about your engagement. We were high school friends, I told Rod. She starred in all the school plays and then went to NYU where she got into heroin and dropped out. We didn't stay in touch. She said she's doing all right now. She's back in school, finishing a psychology degree to be a social worker. Good. I'll give her a call. Maybe we can meet her for coffee. The day went from one activity to the next. Rod visited the aquarium while my mother and I bought the dress she liked so much. I loved it, too. Its satiny length clung to my contours and made me look longer and svelter than I really was. And look what it does for your breasts, my mother said, admiring the deep V-cut and the subtle stitching down the torso. After putting the very special box into the car, we drove the short distance to pick up Rod. He was enthused and teased me a bit. I loved seeing all those fish in their tanks. They kept swimming back and forth and meeting glass walls. They couldn't find a way out. Don't torture her, my mother said. Let's talk about lunch instead. Dario's been texting me every other minute asking where we are. I'm starved, I said. I want lasagna. Whatever he serves will be for the gods, my mother said. The valet service employee took our car at the restaurant entrance with its elaborate sign, Ristorante Dario. Dario himself greeted us on the sidewalk's red carpet, looking suaver than suave in an immaculate Giorgio Armani suit. He was a master host, graciously interacting with clientele to provide the luxury and good food they had come to experience. He hugged all of us, beginning with my mother and finishing with Rod. Welcome, Rod! Pia's my favorite niece, and you need to treat her like a princess. I'm not a princess, Theo. But you are, and you deserve the very best. I hope I can measure up, Rod said. My pêche awaits you. Pêche, Rod repeated. See, fish. Oh, fish. Pêche. Thanks, Rod said. After we got settled into a booth, exquisitely and romantically lit even at lunchtime, and took a few sips of the Prosecco a waiter immediately poured for us, Dario took Rod on a tour of the kitchen and probably grilled him about his credentials for marrying me. 
But when they returned, along with a waiter delivering an antipasto platter, both men looked happy. He knows everything, Dario said. I want to hire him to manage. <laughs> I know nothing about your business, how you do it, but I'm a businessman, so it's easy to ask intelligent questions. I like your choice, Pia, Dario said, patting my shoulder. You should know, Rod, we could open a Dario's in Boston, in the North End. What do you think? Maybe. It could be a way to solve my logistical problems. Good. We'll discuss everything after the wedding. And we're all in agreement, see? The party will be here. Thank you, Uncle Dario. Yes, what a special place, Rod affirmed. And no rush, October's far off. We can Skype. I've done so many weddings. For the next hour, we dined like royalty, with Dario coming to check on us with each course. The rest of the time, he was in the kitchen, making sure our meal was like none other. At dessert, he rested his hand on Rod's shoulder. So, what do you think, Rod? Is everything okay? To be honest, Dario, I've never tasted anything better in my life. No offense, Pia and Simonetta. Oh well, they're great cooks too, and I'm sure you influence them. We are his disciples, my mom said. Bravo, I'm glad you liked everything. I'll order the espresso. After lunch, Dario drove mom home, and Rod and I took her car to meet Gigi at a cafe. I hadn't seen or talked to Gigi in years, but recognized her at a table by her good looks and long blonde hair. She was tall like me and wore a long patterned skirt and crocheted vest, somewhat in the old hippie style. Her dangling earrings shimmered as she greeted us. From that moment on, her focus was mostly on Rod, and it reminded me how she had been popular with boys in high school. Rod engaged with her, sitting straighter than usual and putting on a confident air. When she alluded to her past heroin problem, he was especially curious to know more and ask questions, which she was only too happy to answer. I thought I had licked the problem my first time in rehab, but uh-uh. <laughs> I missed it and began sneaking it so that my boyfriend wouldn't notice. But eventually he found me, passed out, and I was back in rehab. I think it's worked this time. She knocked on the table for good luck. I got into astrology and spiritual stuff. It really helped. And then being back in school has given me goals, and I've made a new life. While the two of them talked more about the rehab experience and heroin, I felt a disconnect. Like, the two of them lived in a world I didn't share. It became worse when they started talking about zodiac signs and then explicit sex. If you're a Gemini rod, then you are extremely energetic and talkative. You're addicted to new experiences, including lovers. You better watch out, Pia. Pia doesn't have anything to worry about. She means the world to me and always will. Ugh, I'm so jealous. I haven't had a boyfriend in two years. She pulled out her cell phone. I'm looking you up, Gemini. I have a favorite site. Rod folded his hands and waited. He wanted to hear all about himself. Ugh. I'll give you the good news first. The Gemini man is charming, clever, adventurous, creative, but just try keeping up with him. True, I said. No, it's the other way around. She's the one who makes my head spin. I need downtime after I'm with her. You're right, your paces are different. You're more of a pleasure seeker. That's what keeps you moving around. Whereas with Pia, it's more serious, Rod jumped in. She wants to do serious things all the time. So you might even clash and need downtime. <laughs> no kidding, but I love her strength. I wouldn't want to be with a passive person. Listen to this, Pia. Gemini men won't be ruled by women. They like to have their women as sidekicks. Bullshit. If anyone gets their own way, it's Pia. 
Gigi ignored him and read on. A Gemini man will use his charm to lure a woman he likes into bed. He'll say anything to get what he wants. No way. It was Pia who invited me to bed, (laughs) though I was glad she did. So how are Cancers and Geminis as a couple? I asked. Yeah, (laughs) I want to know our prognosis. Gigi took too long scrolling with her thumb, so Rod reached over and took her phone. Just like a Gemini, impatient and faster than the rest of us, Gigi said. Rod scrolled and read, his frown deepening. Not good, he said and tossed the phone in a slide to Gigi. She picked it up and read aloud. Cancer and Gemini are not compatible. For a relationship to work out, the Cancer, that's you, Pia, would have to completely change her character for the Gemini. <laughs> Fat chance, I said. Luckily, it's all bullshit, Rod said. It was at that point that the conversation veered off the deep end, and Rod and Gigi started talking about dildos. I don't know how it began, but within seconds, Rod was telling her a story about Wyatt. My friends get his own morality code when it comes to women, so one day, when his living girlfriend came home early from work because she was sick, she saw a hot pink dildo on the living room couch. The perpetrators were upstairs in bed, Wyatt and some unknown pickup. One thing led to another, her competing story, then another one from him, and I sat there in astonished silence. The two of them had just met for the first time and were now sharing a repertoire of dildo and fetish stories that they had heard from friends or read on the internet. It was as if they were talking about music, CDs, or concerts they had personally attended or heard about. All in a flash, Gigi was snorting with laughter, brandishing her phone at Rod, and I saw a picture of a double dildo. (laughs) The caption says, balance and positioning are the main issues when using a double dildo with a partner, (laughs) Gigi said. Oh, oh, say no more, Rod gasped, standing up and staggering a few steps to express his revulsion. Just like a Gemini, restless, Gigi said. Grossed out is more like it. He sat back down. Hey, we've got to get home, Rod. Mom needs her car. Right, Rod said, looking at his watch. Nice meeting you, Gigi. Likewise. Here's my card in case you want me to do your chart. Thanks. Stay in touch, my dear, Gigi said, hugging me. Will do, I lied. As we drove home, neither of us spoke for a long time. The meeting with Gigi had been so weird. Rod finally broke the silence. It was weird talking about dildos, don't you think? Yeah. I feel like we got into her orbit. I nodded and kept driving. She wasn't my type. Nor mine, I said. Good, we won't see her again. But I heard from her again. The next morning, she texted me. Great to see you again, Pia. I hope you won't mind, but I want to warn you about Rod. I've known his type. He's created a big fantasy about you, and once it's not a fantasy anymore, he'll be rotten and let you down. I texted back, Thanks, and good luck with everything. Same to you. It was a mutual goodbye, and I deleted our conversation. Our last night in Baltimore, Rod and I lay in bed in thoughtful moods. He had been good and kind to my parents, and they liked him. He liked them too, and Dan and Holly. It had been a positive family visit, accomplishing certain steps in the process of our commitment. But I knew that underneath Rod wasn't at all like my family, and I felt he knew it too. Still, I felt it was possible for him to fit in with us because he genuinely wanted to be part of an extended family. And what better place to land than with Sicilians? I was still pulling for us. My wedding dress was in the closet. 
Zio Dario was already planning our wedding party, and my mother had shown me the first draft of her guest list. I was getting married, but it didn't feel real. We want to thank you for listening to episode 18 of Redline. Redline is written by G.D. Spilsbury and narrated by Anna Gravel, directed and produced by Fred Greenhalge, with assistant producer Grace Waldron. Redline is dedicated to Jim Cantor and Brooke Lambert. If you've enjoyed this Redline story, please tell your friends about us and give us a review on Apple Podcasts. Leaving reviews allows us to get more listeners, like yourself, so we can keep bringing you good stories. Learn more about Redline at redlinepodcast.com. That's redlinepodcast.com. Редактор субтитров А.Семкин Корректор А.Егорова